CrossFit Iron Horse Community Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Candice. And on this episode, we're going to sit down with one of our members to discuss something that we have not before. And I think it's so important to get to know not just the members in this COVID environment, but to truly dive into their stories in an effort to not just get to know them a little bit more, but to give you some strength with their vulnerability. And um, there's a lot of us in here that do struggle with eating disorders. I myself struggled with an eating disorder in the past. It is a beast to try to overcome. And with me today, we have Rose Brennan, who's gonna be sharing her story. And first and foremost, thank you for coming on, Rose. I really appreciate this. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, You know, as you and I discussed, this is something that's important for not just my growth, but I'm hopeful that you know, it can be important and impact uh, some of the listeners also. Exactly. Well, before we dive into the nitty gritty, tell us a little bit about how long you've been doing CrossFit and specifically here at CrossFit Iron Horse. Yeah, so I started CrossFit, um, or I guess it wasn't labeled CrossFit, uh, I guess, in 2014, uh, in the fall of 2014. So almost, what, seven years now? Um, coming up this fall. I have been at Iron Horse since the summer of 2016. I took a small hiatus, but uh, fortunately kept my fit fam. Happy to be back home. Um, And uh, yeah, so coming up on uh, five years here. So a veteran of of CrossFit, right? We've been deep in this thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but with my story with the eating disorder, CrossFit is what saved me. And I think the listeners are dying to hear like, well, what, how did this all come about with this eating disorder that you developed? And uh, we'll kind of start there. Yeah. Um, so I'll back up to um, kind of my childhood. I grew up uh, in athletics. I was a competitive soccer player my entire life. And, you know, fitness was something that was super important to me. It's an outlet for me. It's cathartic for me. Um, I felt some of my highest highs and some of my lowest lows in, you know, physical activity. Um, and uh when I got to college, um, I sort of got myself into some situations that I felt like I was losing control. So, you know, I wasn't playing soccer anymore. I was studying for the MCAT, trying to get into medical school. I was coming out of a six year long physically and emotionally abusive relationship that I lost who I was. I didn't have that identity that, you know, On the outside, people thought I was such a confident person, but on the inside, I didn't actually know who I was anymore. Um, And, you know, when so much is out of control in your life, um, you know, adding the fact that I'm in college and I'm struggling with my faith and, you know, it's just a lot of the things that everyone's experiencing, um, I chose to take control uh, with my eating. It was something tangible, I could own it, Uh, I could count how many calories I was taking in, and I could count how many calories I was burning running a half half marathon every day. You know, I was really channeling it in such a uh, obsessive type way to feel a sense of control. Um, And, you know, something that I've come to realize is that in the effort to gain control, I spun it so hard the opposite direction. Um, you know, and I spun it into a, a, a completely out of control situation um, where I, I lost my health. Um, you know, I didn't see it at the time. There's the analogy of boiling a frog. 
they don't know how hot they're getting until they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how skinny and how unhealthy I was getting until I was, you know, on the verge of having to be hospitalized. Um, so was that your pivotal moment or the so, awakening, if you will? In some ways, yes. Um, I spent most of my life in the summers uh, in Ireland, where my dad's side of the family is from, and that is a very important place for me and in my heart. You know, that's one of my happiest places. So, the summer of 2013, um, I was about a year and a half into my struggle with food um, and with exercise, and. Uh, my family was strongly discouraging me from making that trip. I had a job lined up for the summer, working at a kid's camp um, for kids with chronic illness, and I was so hyped up about it. Um, it's where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Uh, and I, you know, I was spending four days a week in an inpatient kind of eating disorder type environment. Um, and my parents were not ready to let me go away for the summer unsupervised um, where I could, I guess, fall even more down, you know, down the hill into a really unhealthy, you know, even more unhealthy place. Um, I was bucking therapy hardcore. I put sandbags in my pockets for weigh-ins. They had to, I was at a place where they were making me strip um, to weigh myself because I was cheating and you know, I didn't care at that point. Um, you know, I just wanted to get through the day, to pass the way in, to, you know, eat whatever I had to eat. They weren't letting me exercise, which in my mind was counterintuitive because I need that for my mental health. Um, if you can't tell, I was just like totally lost. So with all this going on, and it's interesting to me, first of all, that you say that you're doing all that obsessive and compulsive exercising because that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. I tried to purge and I couldn't. So to counter that and take control of it, I would go exercise excessively, count about how many calories I'd probably burn to try mm-hmm. to balance it out. And do you feel like when you're going in for your weigh-ins and all that, they were telling you how you know you should be taking care of it, but you really just didn't believe it? Like you needed to control this because you thought in your heart, like I'm not where you think I am, I'm fine, I'm under control. Yeah, I truly felt that way. Um, And I think an important difference to recognize here is, I think for folks who haven't directly experienced an eating disorder or someone close to them with an eating disorder, their first thought is it's a body image thing. And the place, you know, granted it's a wonderful place, it's a wonderful, they have great therapists, they have great counselors, they have great program, but it's tailored towards the body image thing. And my family, my friends, they didn't understand that this wasn't me looking in the mirror. I never looked in the mirror. I never pinched myself. I never thought I need to lose one more pound. That was not part of this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was a control thing. And I wasn't, somehow, I, it, it just wasn't clicking with me. Um, and so I bucked it harder. My personality, I'm stubborn as hell stubborn as hell and I bucked it hard um so they told me I you know I I, we're not gonna let you go to Ireland and I was like that's gonna kill me you know I need to go I need to be here I need to put my focus into something positive I need to be here so uh reluctantly they let me go um 
unbeknownst to me, they had let my entire family in Ireland know that I was struggling with something. Um, specifically what they said, I don't know, but they never let me know in Ireland that they knew all my family. They, they never said anything to me about it, but after the fact, you know, the end of that summer, you know, we can kind of talk through that journey, but the end of that summer, uh, that's when I found out everyone already knew. And, um, you know, at, I, I get to Barrettstown, which is the name of the camp. I'm so happy to be there. Everyone's looking at me like, who's this skeleton walking through the door? And I, you know, I was 97 pounds. I'm a buck 50 now. Like, and how tall are you? It's a big you? difference, five seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a big difference, and you know, I had, I was covered in like this kind of furry hair, this like thermal layer that your body grows at that point to keep yourself warm. It's like peach fuzz all over your body. So I was to a point where uh, it was very noticeable, like something's off, something's wrong. Um, but I didn't, I didn't accept that anything was wrong at that point. Um, I was still rebelling against that. And as I got working at the camp, uh, I was struggling. I'm working with kids who have chronic illness and I can't take care of them. I can't help them. I can't. I'm not enjoying myself. They're not enjoying being in my ca my cabin. Like, what's wrong? Um, and there was a counselor at the camp um, because you're dealing with kids with terminal illness, with kids that don't come back the next summer, with kids, um, you know, who you're trying to help forget that they're sick for a week. So they have a counselor there to help, you know, the the employees at the camp uh, just kind of work through some of that stuff. It's tough conversations, you know, kids, these kids have different perspectives than we do, and we're watching, you know, it, adaptive athletics and things like that that we're not used to, to dealing with ourselves. Um, and his name was Donal. He pulled me aside, like, the third session. I think there's eight sessions. It's like the third session. He pulled me aside, and he gave me this book called The Tao of Pooh and the Tay of Piglet. And uh, it's totally the motto that I live by now, um, kind of that way of life of Taoism, um, but it's about being gentle with yourself in order to be gentle with others. Um, and I had never, ever uh, mentioned to him that I had an eating disorder or that I was struggling. Um, it's just internalizing, like trying to figure out why I wasn't enjoying myself and why these kids weren't enjoying me, you know, and he just, he gave me the book. And he said, read through this, you know, skim it, read a couple chapters. Um, you know, I think it's a way of life that is helpful here. Um, and that's how he phrased it. It wasn't, hey, you have a problem and I need, I think you should read this book. It wasn't, um, you know, you should eat more. Uh, or, you know, you should not go exercise in the morning. Um, because at that point, no one was regulating anything I was doing. Um, but I read through the book, um, and I, I remember being in the cafeteria. I remember standing up. The the employees stood up at the beginning of lunch, and we sang this little song. And I remember looking across the table, and and the the meal times were, were always difficult for me because I wouldn't eat, and I'd distract myself by like constantly serving the kids and constantly running to get more so that no one would notice that I wasn't eating. Um, but I remember making eye contact with him, and he mouthed to me, "Be gentle." And that is the moment it all changed. 
Um, I've never felt like God was slapping me in the face with a wet fish until that moment. It clicked and I realized like I cannot be gentle with these kids. I cannot do my job unless I'm being gentle with myself. Mm -hmm. And by starving myself, by overexerting myself, by getting to the point where, you know, my bones could probably snap, you know, from running another mile, like there's, there's nothing good coming out of that. And I've got to get control over this. Um, so there's what, that's the third session. There's, you know, five sessions left. Um, and in those five sessions, I gained 11 pounds. I still exercised. Um, I read that book. I talked to Donal, you know, daily. And it was just sometimes in passing. Hey, are you being gentle with yourself? Hey, are you being gentle with yourself? Um, you know, I noticed some of the other, uh, some of my peers, some of the other employees at the camp, just, hey, are you being gentle with yourself? You know, like things that like, the support was, it was such a different kind of support. It was not a, you've got something wrong with you. We've got to weigh you. You've got to eat this amount of food on your plate. Um, it totally changed my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I had control over it and I was recovering and that momentum like overcame me, uh, you know, with joy and I was happy again and I was, regulated you know mm -hmm. um almost liberated from this thing uh there's a lot of work to do still obviously i'm eight years later still working through this stuff well here you are today sharing your story and being vulnerable and i think that's courageous and brave and a lot of people are inspired by that which is exactly why we wanted to reach out to you to bring you on because not only is it going to help you in your healing journey which we're all working on ourselves right mm -hmm. if we aren't we need to get to work right mm -hmm. um but because maybe someone listening to this right now maybe that's their moment of clarity mm -hmm. right you hear about people that have a hard realization they find out their spouse has been having an affair they find out that they lost the job they got fired or it's this incident or this moment of clarity right where someone says something that changes your perspective altogether so I think what you're doing is stellar I think this is incredible that you're able to come forward and to open it up and with that to say I think it's awesome as well that having grace or being gentle with yourself is something that did it for you because there's so many people here right now that come in and we have all or nothing behavior oh I missed my workout today and therefore I fell off the wagon. Therefore I go into this week or two long trying to get back on my feet, charade if you will, trying to get the momentum back, right? So I guess what was the biggest thing for you after you started making progress in the right direction that kept you moving forward? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think every day I wake up to this day have a tattooed on my hand be gentle with myself every day you know, what am I going to do today to be gentle with myself um, Donal wrote a note in the book and at the end was like here is my emergency cell you know you call me you text me whatever you need at any point um, so some of it was relying on that you know if I woke up and just was kind of 
freaking out like my mind won't stop and I'm losing control and I've got all this stuff to worry about just texting him and saying you know hey I'm being I'm going to be gentle with myself right now that accountability mm-hmm. was really important I latched on to him because I had pushed my family away I had pushed my friends away I was lying to them you know I, was, I, I told you I was putting sandbags in my pants um and that's a that's a tough thing for me to even think about now just the people that care about you most I I pushed them away so hard because they just wanted to help and Mm -hmm. I didn't want their help um and I think you know the accountability in Donal the fierce love that my family and my friends and my community my you know finding CrossFit being able to become confident in my, I was strong again. Like I grew up an athlete, I was strong as hell. Here I am coming into a gym day one, like I'm gonna join this CrossFit gym. All these people, we talk about all the time, people walk in and all these people are so buff and their butts are hanging out <laughs> and their muscles are, you know. And I'm like, I can't do anything I used to be able to do. Uh, I can run a half a marathon, but I can't lift a barbell you know that's hard it was a hard realization for me but at the same time the community it helped me I was so confident just after like one workout um you know getting stronger having those people rally behind you and cheer for you and it's the people that don't necessarily directly call you out but that know what's going on and you know even in a general sense they they love you fiercely and they support you, you know, through and through, um, whether, you know, directly to your face or even just supporting the whole network around you. Um, it's so important to today. And, you know, I have, I go to therapy still. I have some bouts with depression and anxiety. You know, I, I do all I can to keep them at bay, but... It's not something that I'm afraid to admit. Um, I'm working on it. I'm constantly, you know, reminding myself to just be gentle with myself. Um, It's okay to have a bad day. Um, You know, there are people in my life that I can go to that it, you know, it's safe to share what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, To let them know I feel out of control ground me, help me right now, be present. Um, I still text Donal. Do you? It's eight years later, I still text him. <laughs> uh, you know, we exchange happy holidays, and, um, you know, occasionally I'll be like, oh, I feel like shit today. Um, I think coming in here to the gym, I, you know, with all this craziness with 2020 and COVID and everything else the fact that this has remained such a constant in our community and the work that you're doing to make it to keep it such a constant for people um is really important the the bonds I have with people here even reaching out you guys reaching out to me because I wasn't you know coming in I was at home um checking on me how are your workouts how are you doing um how's your family those things are so important and I want people to know that you can get through this and 
not just the folks going through it, you can get through it, but the folks watching people going through it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can also get through this, and it is so important for you to continue. I know it's hard. Believe me. I know it's hard to support someone in the state I was in. Um, and I'm sure you feel that way, too. Like, the people watching you go through it, they don't, they don't understand all the way. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to help. They try. If you're not ready for it. Well, and I don't, I don't know about you, Rose, but like for me, and I feel like this is something that comes up in consultations even because we'll get deep with people sometimes is this idea that I want to reach out for help, but I don't because I don't want to be a burden. Mm -hmm. And there was a turning point for me in my own personal life because I would always be like, I don't want help. I don't want help. You know, whether it was the staff, friends, family, because of that thought in my head, like I'm going to be a burden. And really someone opened my eyes to be like, no, like. Some people want to do that, and that's how they express their love. Mm-hmm. And you turning that down just tarnishes that relationship. So if anything, you got to think about it sometimes as being not a selfish act, but a selfless act to open up to someone who's truly trying to be there for you, especially you know, when we have people in this profession, like our coaches, right? Or... People in this community, there's a reason people come to CrossFit Iron Horse. It's for the community. If they wanted to be competitive, they would go elsewhere. If they wanted to, you know, put headphones in their head and only focus on the workout, they go to 24-Hour Fitness, right? Mm -hmm. People come here because they want to be a part of the community. They want to lean on the community when they need help, and they want to help support. So I think it's excellent that you bring up that point. It's not so much about what you can do, but it's also the who. Who can you reach out to that's going to be there for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So with all that to say, you know, you mentioned a couple things, um, and it's always unique to the individual, you know, depending on what their circumstances, what they need to work on. Uh, But do you have any advice for anybody that might be starting their journey or who also start, you know, struggles with an eating disorder that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, I think for me, um, it's so important to find... um, to find out kind of who is your safe space and identify someone that's your safe space. Um, you, I'll tell you right now, you cannot get through it by yourself. There's, I'm sure there's testimonials, but <laughs> I don't think it's, it's the exception. It's not the well, what you do is what got you where you are right now, right? Yeah. And if you're still struggling, you're not doing something right and right. someone else probably has something to help you with, right? Exactly. And so identifying who is your safe space. Um, I think it's also important to communicate to, to communicate what you need. Um, something I wish I had done, you know, retrospectively, uh, you know, I mentioned kind of the clinic I was going to and the help that people were trying to get me was centered around something that wasn't the root cause. Um, and so I wish I had communicated that, um, and I wish I had at least tried to communicate. I I don't, I'm not worried about what I look like, you know, please stop telling me to stop saying the word fat because it's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know people struggle with that, um, that other side of it, but you know, identifying what you need. I don't need help with how to look at myself in the mirror. I know, you know that was not what I was struggling with. 
what I needed, what I want, wish I had communicated better was, and I, I'm much better at it now, is, you know, I need someone to help me get control of applying to medical school, of I, I used to get beat up. How do I get help with that? I, you know, I don't understand how to date because I look for people who want to control me. Um, Is that where you shifted your focus to getting therapy specifically? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's okay to, to talk to somebody too. Mm -hmm. The, the stigma around mental health and therapy is, I think, dissolving. Slowly. And, you know, slowly, but mm-hmm. surely. I think we're making headway as a society on that. Absolutely. Um, but therapy is okay. You don't actually have to tell anyone else you're going to therapy. <laughs> um, and actually, your therapist doesn't either. Right. Um, you know, it's okay. I, I see um, someone now who was referred to me by one of the Iron Horse members, um, and I identified my fit fam as my safe space. You know, I trust them with my life, and this is my life. Hey guys, I'm struggling with something still. I moved to Texas. I don't know who to talk to. Do you know anybody that does this um, that I can talk to? Um, I also advice I would give is or I guess something I would offer is finding somebody who has been through this too I am working on you know talking and telling my story about it formally organizing my thoughts um, but I would absolutely love nothing more than to sit down and talk to somebody who might be struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's just to listen, even if it's just for the sake of someone feeling like someone has empathy for what they're going through, um, I would love to do that. I, I know that can be overwhelming to think you're the only one going through it um and then in, in, in that moment you have such blinders on because you're so focused on like counting your calories burning your calories uh purging your calories mm-hmm. whatever that is um an eating disorder is like all others it's all consuming mm-hmm. mental illness is can be all consuming no, I think it's great that you mentioned that too, even in regard to therapy, because, you know, many of the members here, even we went to the, we did the driven workshop. The first one we did was in January and that was something that came about in the group because you're right. There's a stigma in our society regarding that. And I'm not sure where that stems from personally, but I would imagine that, you know, it's just part of the Western culture. Right. And it's, intriguing because why wouldn't you seek out a professional because more most of those therapists themselves the reason they do what they do is because they fell in love of over with overcoming the obstacle themselves just like you're talking about right Mm -hmm. and you're right no one has to know I go to a therapist still 
You know, I don't mind sharing that because I think it's empowering, if anything, for someone to look inward and really say, I have an issue that I need help with and I'm going to conquer this thing and I don't have to do it alone and that's okay. Why would you want to do it alone, right? If you want to really get from point A to point B as fast as possible to accelerate forward in life and get where you really want to end up, why not learn from someone that's been there so that you're not trying to figure it out as you go Mm -hmm. on your own, right? Mm So I think that's great that you bring that up. And to anybody that is listening, you know, this isn't necessarily a podcast on therapy by any means. But, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's really important to recognize that there are so many people in the fitness space, in our society, especially women who do struggle with eating disorders, just like Rose, just like myself in the past. And, you know, it's okay to, to take hold of that and to accept that this is something that you're struggling with. And it's all right to lean on others, to seek out help, to find your thing, whether it's CrossFit, yoga, going for a run, doing jujitsu, whatever it is for you, you have to be able to explore and find out and identify those things that are going to help you in your own journey in an effort to learn, grow, and evolve into the best version of yourself. So with all that to say, you know, Rose, I really appreciate you coming on. Any final words for the listeners? Um, I think... You know, thanks, Candice, for having this forum uh, to share people's stories. Um, as you mentioned at the beginning, it's uh, really, I think, valuable that our members are able to get to know each other on a deeper level. Um, we cheer each other on. We bleed, sweat, cry together, um, and cheer together. And so this is this is an important part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, not to be, like, too cliche, but overall these are things that there's nothing new under the sun right so these are things people can get through and I want to be an encouragement at least to one person that if I can do it you can do it and um you know that that there is light at the end of this tunnel you know the struggles are real for sure Well, Rose, I really appreciate you coming on. To all the listeners, thank you guys for spending time with us here today. If you have any questions, comments, please make sure that you send us an email to info at CrossFitIronHorse.com and uh, give us some suggestions on where we should take this next podcast. And if you have a story that you need to share to come forward, to be vulnerable, to show that strength to our members and to help someone else and inspire them as well, let us know. We would love to have you on. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the CrossFit Iron Horse Community Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure you rate it. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss out. We'll catch you on the next episode.